the United States of America, home of the brave. A place that is filled with different cultures, diversity, beautiful scenery, a place I call home. But one thing many people may not know about the USA is that artisans, craftsmen, and women, photographers, musicians, creatives, makers of all sorts that come with this beautiful country. Many people tend to buy products from major online retailers that they forget about the make that is happening right here in America. From the Industrial Revolution and even prior to that time period, America has continued to build its economy through makers, and there are thousands of them. America has makers that forge steel to make knives and axes, sew skirts, hats, and handbags with materials of all sorts, paint and capture visuals that are forever in your home and carried in your heart, share stories through music and writings, make special treats and refreshing beverages, and much more. Join me through the journey through the lives of makers across our country to hear how they get down with their craft. I'm Kristen Vermeule, and this is Makers of the USA. So why am I focused on jazz, you ask? Well, I think many would perceive my next guest as a jazz musician, but what I find interesting while I was talking to him is that he doesn't define his music as jazz. He actually doesn't put a definition towards his musical craft. It is Brandon Woody's music, his craft, his passion, his story, his life. He grew up in the streets of Baltimore and grew a love for one of my favorite instruments, the trumpet. He's performed brass with local legends of the genre like Eric Kennedy and Jeff Reed, as well as DIY rappers with Abdu Ali and Al Rogers Jr. Led open mic nights, The Motor House. He is an alum of Peabody Preparatory's Tuned In program and the Brubeck Institute in California. He is a highly talented, expressive instrumentalist who brings a fiery flair to every set. He tells me the struggles he went through to get to where he is today. I'm honored to have spoken with him, and I won't say any more as the interview speaks for itself. Now, let's talk craft with Brandon Woody. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Makers of USA Maryland series. And we're going to be talking to Brandon Woody today, who actually lives in Baltimore. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the Makers of the USA podcast. Thank you for for having me. It's an honor. Great. And the first question I typically start off with, with all of my guests is what is your craft and what inspired you to start it? So my craft is, is, is music. I am a, a creator. I'm a composer, um, a band leader. Um, those are like the main things that I'm focusing on, but I play the trumpet and I've been playing for about 15 years and how I got into it, I used to play the drums. I used to bang on pots. Wow. First, I used to bang on pots and pans when I was growing up. My mom and dad <laughs> were still together. Um, and then I went to elementary school, and the first instrument that I wanted to play was drums. So I had focused on that instrument for, for a whole year. And I felt like by the end of the school year, I, I still didn't get anywhere on the instrument. I didn't really progress. Um, I didn't see any progress. So I had... um did this like talent competition at the end of the year. I used to go to Leithwark Elementary over East. Oh, nice. Over East Baltimore. And um had this music teacher, Mr. Freeman. And he said, you know, go ahead, 
do the talent competition. Like he even helped me out, you know, practice on on some um on some music for the talent competition. So I did it and then I <laughs> I just did awful, did an awful job. And then there was like this older kid that ended the whole talent competition that also played drums and he won. So oh wow. That that broke my heart. Like I was like <clears throat> I was like, oh my gosh, not even just that he won. I was, I was definitely happy for him. But uh, the, the fact that I did, I thought in my mind that I did a terrible job in front of like hundreds of people in my elementary school at such a young age. I was like six, seven years old. And I had, uh, yeah, I just stopped playing the drums and then took a summer off of music in general. Um, just like played a lot outside. And then that September whatever year that was that I went back to elementary school, probably like third grade, I was probably eight years old. I had the choice to pick between uh, saxophone and trumpet. Still wanted to, you know, be involved in music. Yeah. Um, I think the, the main thing that made me do that was because, or it made me like know that I wanted to be involved in music still was because last, you know, that last year when I was playing drums, I was getting butterflies. Like, you know, five minutes before band rehearsal, I would always get these butterflies in my stomach. I didn't even know what they were, yeah. but just like the kind of nervous, kind of passion, like really hard passion feeling of like something that you are just getting into, but you really love it and you still don't even know what it is. Right. Um, so I, I still had those butterflies the next year. So I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely got to still make music. And trumpet just had less less keys on it like trumpet only has three valves it's not even keys trumpet has three valves right, right. saxophone has like endless keys yes yeah, so much I thought. <laughs> um so i just thought it would be easier to play trumpet honestly and it wasn't uh it definitely wasn't i couldn't take the instrument home i couldn't i couldn't rent the instrument and take it home until i made a sound on it school so I would come in early every day for like two whole weeks trying to make a sound on the horn and I finally made a sound on the horn after two weeks and uh, he allowed me to take it home and I lived in apartments you know all my life for for you know a lot of my life Um, especially after I started playing trumpet because I was just living with my mom and my brother my my mom and dad split up like a little bit before that but uh, you know how people in apartments are you know they're not trying to hear a young kid right. playing the trumpet, you know, when they got whatever they got, not knowing that, like, you know, these hours that I'm putting in in, in these apartments yeah. um, are, are really changing and affecting my life for for the uh, for the better. And it was crazy because anytime that I would this was definitely like an example of like my mom's like love and advocacy and hard work and like strength uh as a, as a single mom and as a single black mom in Baltimore, right. um, you know, anytime somebody in the apartment building, you know, would knock on the door or whatever, she would just curse them out, you know, and I would keep practicing, <laughs> Good and, for her. you know, yeah, you know, and we will move, you know, if need be, but, uh, it, it, it definitely was because of my mom, you know, I definitely have to, uh, say that my mom took me to all of the music programs. She got me involved in, you know, UB Blake. That was one of my first um, summer program. That was my first summer program involving jazz and music outside of like school. Um, So, you know, we have all this free time in the summertime. And I was so curious, you know, when you're young, your brain is like a sponge. Yes. So I had, um, you know, met this dude, one of my first mentors, Craig 
Eric Austin there. And it's crazy because we have the same birthday. I was thinking like, yeah, we have the same birthday. This is like a guardian guardian angel in my life. Right, right. Um, and this was like the first time that I was really exposed to lots of the history of jazz music and just black music in general and like right. the history of music in Baltimore. So he he literally changed my life. He got me more curious after that summer. I was I was searching up everything, you know, Um I don't even know if I had a computer yet, but uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't. I didn't have a computer or a phone, but I was searching up everything, trying to go to shows and everything right after that. Wow. Then, um, yeah, then I went to, uh, you know, lots of other summer summer programs, you know. Um, I just w- really wanted to make it a point that, you know, my mom really started it. My mom got it started for me. And it wasn't like she was forcing me to practice or anything. Yeah. But when it came to, like, you know, need some you know a program needs some money or some funding or whatever or i need to be driven out an hour or two hours to get wherever i need to be flown out to get wherever you know especially in those beginning years and even up to now you know she's always helped me out you know even like my first uh international tour you know when i went out with solange when i had to oh go to goodness. hamburg germany yeah. um and only had like four days notice and i had to get a passport in two days my mom put up a hundred dollars for that you know my brother put up the other hundred dollars and i had 50 and we went, I made it happen, you know? Wow. Um, so it's just like always keeping in mind, you know, the people that uh, this wouldn't be possible without, you know, um, right. my family. mom, my brother. Um, yeah. He's an, he's also an amazing uh, producer on his own right and a teacher. Really? My wow. brother, Bobby. Yeah, my big oh brother. Oh my goodness. That's, a, and so tell me a little bit about, um, if you're open to talking about this, but your life in Baltimore. So, I mean, did you have a lot of mentors along the way? I know you mentioned your music teacher, you know, but anybody else yeah, that comes yeah. to mind? Because um, I know honest, Baltimore yeah, is really you know, big in the music. More, yeah, he was like a very early mentor, like, you know, uh, Mr. Fr- Mr. Freeman, I believe, you know, but my biggest mentor, honestly, uh, in in Baltimore, his name is is Thel John Allen, this trumpet player, also from Baltimore, and he has a um, you know, he just has a unique and original sound that you can hear as soon as you hear it. You know, like you can even hear it as soon as he takes a breath because he breathes with intention. Wow. Um, so it's like I, I I heard about him when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, but I really got to meet him when I was in high school um, at just some of the sessions that are around the city. I went to Baltimore School for the Arts and he actually went there, too. Oh, um, wow. And, you know, it's like he he just has so much. He's bringing so much to the table as a trumpet player. Um, in terms of like dexterity, in terms of like uniqueness and originalness, um, technique, um, wow. harmony, melody, rhythm. He's just really locked down in all of those things and so original. And he's not trying to sound like nobody else. He's trying to mm-hmm. sound like him. He's trying to sound like someone that grew up out of Baltimore, Maryland, um, yeah. that experienced everything that he experienced, you know, growing up in the hood, growing up broke, um, struggling, you know, but then succeeding touring the right. world, you know, with everybody, he, you know, he, he's literally done so many of the things that I, I've dreamed, can only dream of doing, you know? Um, so he's just one of my biggest inspirations, but it was crazy after high school, I really got to, got to know him when I came back for the summers. So I went to two colleges. I went to Manhattan school of music, um, in New York. And I also went to Brubeck Institute. Oh, I actually wow. said those backwards. I first went to, I first went out Cali to go to Brubeck and then uh, my second school, my sophomore year was Manhattan School of Music. Wow. So those summers that I came back, I would get my apartment, you know, I got my first apartment or whatever. 
And we linked up every day of the whole summer, smoked weed for a little bit and <laughs> got into, had a conversation about life wow. and got into playing, smoked some more weed, kept playing, you know, for the whole summer, you know, 90 days. Like, oh my God, those, those days really affected my life more than anything else. You know, I'm that sure. that's like a example of how big, big, uh, Thou John was for me, how, how big he is for me, you know, yeah. to this day and always will be. You know, Thel John, I feel like is a real example of like what connected the like my generation and forward to like, you know, people that are like 60 and 70. He was like the middle that like really brought everything together because right. it's like, yo, people aren't going to look people aren't going to um, invest or look look back or even look forward, you know, if they don't have something that they're drawn into, if they don't have something that they love, if they don't have something that they're interested into. Right. And not only that, but someone that looks like them doing that, you know, that, that actually means a lot, you know, like to have this dude that lives in my city, to have this, this black man that lives in my city that's so that's so inspiring that that's literally like you know i don't don't necessarily want to idolize anybody you know like idolization is is a negative term i feel like but that that's really my mentor that's really like one of my biggest inspirations that i can really um you know be influenced by you know um is he still around yeah Mm -hmm. nice nice is he still go um touring all around or yeah yeah right before covid uh he had just you know of course covid shut lots of stuff down but um you know he was doing the world tour with joe scott and got like you know half of the thing like canceled or postponed so you know all of us musicians took a big loss you know definitely Jeez. But, uh, yeah, he, he's toured with everybody. He's on, you know, lots of popular records that, you know, everyone has heard. That's um, great. And he's really, you know, uh, an amazing composer, horn arranger, arranger in general, orchestrator and everything just on his own right. You know, he's right. known all over the world. And really, the reason that I, I am who I am today is because of John Allen, for sure. That's amazing. Do you think and, you'll ever go on Clarence tour with Ward, him? And Clarence Ward. Clarence oh, Ward is his other trumpet player. Yeah. Um, from Baltimore, his fieriness, his originality as well, and his his soulfulness has inspired me in so many ways. And he's, you know, took me in just like Thou John has. That's awesome. And would you ever go on tour with these guys? Like, since you have such a deep connection, or have you already? Um, no, no. So it's like, you know, uh, as a trumpet player, I mean, we could we could maybe go on a tour. Uh, maybe like get the funding for something. You know, maybe like arrange like a trumpet summit or whatever, a Baltimore yeah. trumpet summit. But, you know, all of that takes funding. You know, um, I don't know if there's anybody really looking out to fund that or book a tour like that right now. But right. that's something that I might do down the line when I have some funding to do it. Yeah. But we are, you know, are touring and doing all of our stuff on our own right. You know, like we, we sure. definitely link up together, um, you know, to to shed and to fellowship and everything. But you know, we're doing so many different stuff, you know, it's, it's oh, unlimited gigs for a trumpet player. So, you know, we're right. all diving right. into different worlds, into different, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, My goodness. That's a lot. And so what happened after high school? Tell me a little bit. I mean, not even high school, college. So what kind of like really built up your, you know, career and really just escalating it even further? Because it, it seems like you started at such a young age you continue to build your skills and, you know, going to, you know, college and then meeting these mentors yeah. along the way. I mean, where, what happened after that? 
So it was a lot. Honestly, let me just like say a little bit about high school because like it was some stuff that I left out. You know, in high mm-hmm. school, I started a group. It was with my, one of my best friends. He used to play saxophone at that time. Troy Long It was called Just Us Jazz. Like mm-hmm. my freshman or sophomore year, we started yeah. this. The reason that we started this is because there was only like five spots for the jazz group in my school for the jazz combo. And oh, we didn't get let in, you know, and also like the jazz teacher, you know, jazz musicians are really busy or not even just jazz. I don't I also let me say this. I hate that word. Jazz is not a word that I want to be used. You know, really? I only use it because it's with so many people identify like something that's a box with like. But yeah, that word puts black music in a box because it's not jazz. It's not just jazz. It's really black music. Um, so I'm going to use that word from first on for this. That's great. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, jazz was a word to make people comfortable so that they could go to the institution and study this art form that does not exist in an institution. Um, and so that people could make money off of this art form that was never an institution. This, wow. this art form is, is, you know, from the struggle, you know, like oh, it, yeah. it, it doesn't come without the struggle. Like literally it just doesn't. So that's definitely a, a, a good, a good point to make. But um, so while I was in high school, uh, you know, me and my friend Troy had this uh, group of our friends called Just As Jazz. And, you know, me being a little like savvy tech mind that I that I was not say that I was not saying that I was too crazy. But, you know, I had all of these social media accounts. I had all of this little stuff had an email um, while I was a sophomore in high school. So I was like, all right, I'm a, um, shit, like, let's get some gigs. I'm like, email like a hundred spots. Like I straight emailed a hundred spots, you know? Wow. It might've looked professional. Maybe it didn't, but you know, in high school, I did that, you know, just like sending out calls, sending out voicemails, actually walking into spots. And, you know, by the end of my high school experience, like I already had gigs, you know, like sophomore year, junior year senior year um it was it was it was gigs out in baltimore that i was doing you know it was this one spot that i play play that i'll never play there again you know i actually don't like them at all <laughs> they did something very um very disrespectful to me uh but it was this one spot called germano's in little italy that mm-hmm. i had played at and some other some other spaces while i was in high school making you know i was making some real money um, so then I went to college. I had got a full scholarship to this spot called Brubeck Institute. They only accept five people every two to wow. three years. It's an accelerated program. And you just have rehearsals and a private lesson every week. Um, we have like literally five hours of like rehearsals and music stuff wow. every day. You know, from Monday through Friday, we went on tours while we were there. We recorded an album. It was so enriching. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that. Then I, I met, you know, um, I met one of my other other mentors stefan harris this amazing vibraphone player um while i was out there he was the harmony teacher and he just taught me so much so by the end of that year in cali he got offered the job to be the dean at the manhattan school of music of the jazz program wow there so he was like brandon do you want to come here you know do you want to get a full ride here and i was like yeah you know i'm already homesick i want to you know be closer to home let me come to new york I didn't even come to college to get a degree. I came here to meet people, came here to learn. And I came because I got a full scholarship because nice. my mom did not have to pay for this. And I didn't have to pay for it because I wasn't about to, you know, yeah. again, like jazz doesn't exist in the institution. You know, it just doesn't like that. That's just something that doesn't exist in the institution. So when there's all of these people that are outside of like what jazz actually is or what this black, black music, I'm sorry, sorry for calling it, um, 
sorry for calling it jazz, but like that's what they call it in the institutions. And it's not really right. black music. It's not really what, what it really is at the yeah. at the core, at the core surf, even at a surface level, at the core level, at, at a deep level, you yeah. know, at a non-deep level, whatever. So I wasn't going to get the degree. So, you know, by the end of my first year, I moved to New York. By the end of my second year in college, um, one year in New York, I was playing, you know, I, I wasn't going to humanities class. I wasn't going to any classes that I felt like the teacher wasn't even a real, you know, he wasn't a part of like the lineage, you know? Yeah. Are you really a part of the lineage? If not, why am I here? You know, right. I, again, like I'm not coming here to get a degree. I'm not coming here to get some grades, you know, I'm just here, like, you yeah. know, I'm just here learning, taking it all in, getting some gigs in the state, meeting some people. That's what I want. That was what I always envisioned, you know? Yeah. So that's what I was going to do. Um, so by the end of that year, I'm already gigging, doing, uh, you know, doing some traveling. I was going to Chicago, going to New Jersey, um, doing wedding gigs. I was sustaining wow. myself while I was there. So then I moved back to Baltimore. I dropped out at, at the end of that year. Cause they were like, Hey Brandon, you know, we can't keep this full scholarship can't keep doing this uh, a scholarship, you know, if, you know, your grades are dropping the humanities. And I was like, okay, it is what it is. I'm not about to pay for this. Uh, right. So I just moved back home and got my first apartment. Crazy thing. I hit rock bottom as soon as I moved back to Baltimore. No way. Um, I was on this tour and a dude didn't pay us. It was like a scam, you know? Oh. I was on this tour probably for, for two weeks. It was supposed to be four whole months. I mean, no, not, not four whole It was supposed to be one month, right? Right. 30 days, right? Uh, tour across the country and the dude was supposed to pay us the first week he didn't pay us the first week he was supposed to pay us the second week didn't pay us the second week so by that time we're ready to go back home we get in a big argument outside of a venue and then he's like man y'all can kick rocks i'm only going to get the one woman that's in the band her transportation the rest of y'all can kick rocks figure it out type shit and i'm already spending money that i thought i wasn't going to spend out here so i'm uh. broke and this is my first apartment. This is the second month that I have. I'm thinking I'm about to bring in 3,500 and pay my rent off for the summer. Right. You know, yeah, <laughs> and that's crazy. All of that just flips right in front of me. Right. That's how yeah. you know it is, and not how it is, but it's how it can be. You know. <laughs> um, right. It's so sad. So I learned very early. That was when I was 19, 20. Oh my god. Probably like 19. Um. Jeez. You know, after my sophomore year of college, and I had uh got back home and I hit rock bottom. I, I got depressed. I didn't have any money to pay my rent that month. So somehow magically I was able to like send my rent money on Venmo. I don't know how, and my account overdrafted. So I was still in the negative, wow. but thank God I was able to send something for my rent. I don't even think I sent the whole thing. It was like 400 out of six, but that was better than nothing. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I had uh, kind of got depressed and I wasn't really shining my light. I wasn't going outside. I was staying in and everything and i had a long conversation with my big brother bobby he's like yo you just gotta go you know you have to change you have to you have to like change what you're doing in order to like you know make money in order to like really be out here so right. after i had that conversation with him it changed my whole mindset and then literally you know that month i was good you know i made good. thousands of dollars that next month july just because i went outside you know i went to support my friends concerts i went to to just go to concerts that I didn't know, know about. I yeah. went to, you know, do everything. I went above and beyond, you know, to just be out, be outside. If you're not out, if you're not shining your light, don't yeah. even expect nobody to come into you, you know, nobody to come oh, in, course. you know, like if you're not like going above and beyond to like go out of your, you know, comfort, comfort zone. That's really 
exactly what it was. So I had to go out of my comfort zone and, you know, I shine my light. And the the effect of that was amazing. It was like, okay, rock bottom in June. Now I'm up in July. That's great. Um, September, you know, that September I got asked, that September right after that, I got asked to play with Childish Gambino at the Madison Square Garden. Wow. This was, you know, three months after I dropped out of out of college. Crazy thing. I went up there. We got paid in full, but I didn't even, um, you know, I didn't get to play with him, you know, and I was wow. just, you know, life, life happens. But um, yeah, it was crazy. Like we were only supposed to play on one song. And um, of course, we got to meet everybody and everything, got to still get paid and put up in New York and everything. But um, what had happened? It was like one song we were supposed to play on right for the uh, for the end of the show, yeah. like the encore. And oh, nice. after he had uh, a sound check that the day of the show. So he didn't get back to us until after he had the sound check. He's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm too tired. The manager got back to us. He's like, he's too tired to do the encore after that whole, you know, very long show. Oh, oh, my goodness. So it's like, OK, this was the only song we needed y'all for. So we don't need y'all. But y'all are out in New York. So they still paid us. But it was just crazy to go from where I did to me getting called to play. Now I'm inside of Madison Square Garden. Getting yeah. Free access, going meeting the band and everything. Um, It was just like a, a symbol, you know, like it was right. a symbol, like a rite of passage. Yeah. Crazy. You know, that that whole year after that, I was like, OK, you know, I see how that worked. You know, of course, I made made some money, but still I wasn't able to play the show. So I need to like invest more into myself, into my right. own band. Makes sense. So while I was in college, I formed this band called Pendo. That means love and Swahili. Mm-hmm. Um, and the basis of this group right now is me and my best friend, Troy Long. You know, we made most of the music, but it definitely was a big growth. Like the first drummer in this band was Quake Kusambri, but there's like lots of different drummers that have been in the band since he was the first drummer. Um, wow. So I definitely honor everybody that has been in a group and not even, I don't even like calling the group because it's a family, you know, but yeah. it's just been building and building and building. So sometimes I have this drummer on this. Sometimes I have this drummer on that, you know? Right. Um, sometimes I have both of them or maybe we'll have yeah. a larger big band. It's so many possibilities, um, but we're all family and we all support each other. Um, outside of the band. Yeah, that's amazing. Outside of gigs. So I invested so much into that after, you know, that whole Childish Gambino thing happened. So that was picking up, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing so much for that. I'm doing lots of studio work for other people, doing studio work for rappers, singers, just anybody. Wow. Um, so then the crazy thing is like one year from September, like literally one year, September 11th was the day that I got called to do the Childish Gambino thing, right? Oh, um, wow. And the dates were the 14th and 15th. That was like 29, what was that? No, it was 2018. Yeah, that was 2018, September okay. on the 11th. So then 2019, September on the 11th, I got called to go out of town with Solange, you know, in three wow. days out, you know, on that same day, you know, crazy. Yeah. The next year, I'm on vote, you know, like it's, it, I'm, I'm doing a... The next year on the 11th, I'm doing a campaign for Calvin Klein, you know, like got to compose oh, the music, my goodness. got to put some money in my friend's hands, you know, got to have, you know, really represent Baltimore internationally, yeah. you know, so that time of the year is always special for me. Um, I'm sure. And September 11th is coming back up. So I'm really curious as to yeah, yeah. what's going to happen to you. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, not not just those dates, but through the whole year. 
You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all just been growth and growth and growth. Right. I'm busy every day. You know, I don't, I don't have no free time, you know, like literally. Oh I'm, yeah. I might it was hard to get a hold of you to do this interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I might have like one free day a week sometimes, you know, right. so like, you know, I'm, I, I, I always am, am active. I'm always doing, you know, thank God, you know, I just had just did a, um, you know, video for Bach. It's like this campaign um, that that's, that hasn't came out, so I can't say too much about it. But um, I totally understand. <laughs> you know, we talked about we talked about you know the effect of musicians during the pandemic, and it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I had that. It affected me for like two, three weeks. But after that, you know, I completely changed the with the thought of what it was to be a professional trumpet player in America or in right. the world. You know, right? I went out into my community. I went into some communities that I haven't been before, whether those are richer or poorer communities than where I'm living now. You know, I went everywhere in Baltimore. I went to, Good for you. you know, I went everywhere that I could, even outside of Baltimore. I was going out to the county. I was going out to D.C., playing all of these outside shows in different communities. And now it's like my my music is in the community. I haven't even released a song yet. I'm on a lot. I'm, I'm featured on lots of stuff and I've done lots of collaborations with people, yeah. but I'm still working on my album and I'm going so Ooh. slow with it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, this music isn't even out on streaming platforms. You can't like hear this on your phone or whatever, right. but people know it in the community, you know, like yeah. 200 people might be able to like hear my song. Like, Oh, that's that. That's yeah. This, that's branded, like they know, you know it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's, it's just, you know, I build bricks. I build bricks with everything in my life. You right. Know, anything right. else isn't going to anything else isn't going to stay through the storm. And I'm going yeah. through the storm right now. You know, yep. it could be a storm today in Chicago. Right. You know, so I had to make sure that I'm, you know, that everything is 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 being protected. That everything is is solidified. That everything is good. You know, with oh, with yeah. all of these gigs, especially, um, you know, having the experiences that I've had before. You. Know, you know, being scanned by someone, having people cancel on me on me supposed to, you know, go out of the country or play a big yeah. show, whatever, you know. So now I have to protect myself and I have to protect my loved ones and I have to advocate for myself and I have to advocate for my loved ones. Right. I don't wait to have a gig. I'm, I'm out here hitting people up. I'm out here, you know, and, and of course I can, you know, like at this point, enough stuff is coming in off, 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 not off the strength, but like right. just off of me being out here. I've done I've done an amazing job on enough things to where people just call me back. But yeah. at the same time, I'm trying to move forward. I don't want to be doing the same thing that I'm doing this year next year. Yeah. So I can't just have it just be off the strength. I can't just have it be off of like what I just did last time. No. If I want to be out of Paris, let me send a hundred really send a hundred emails out to Paris. Yeah. Like probability is three of them are going to reply, you know. Right. But it's now a hundred of risk. them know my name. Right. You know, so it's just like putting energy out into the world and it comes back, you know. That's I have awesome. this like tattoo on me. Um, oh, this is my awesome. band, Upendo Oh, that's so cool for life. But uh, I have this band, you know, it's just karma. So, whatever comes that's around, awesome. goes around, whatever goes around, comes around. I look at this it's the first thing I look at every day, and then right here, one of my other tattoos is like backwards, yeah, yeah. but it's actually a um, it's a Baltimore bench, you know. <gasps> I it's, love it's such that. a um, such like a representation of my city. Yes. Those benches look fucked up. You know, some of them, <laughs> some of them look nice. Some of them look fucked up, but yeah. either way, they're beautiful, you know? Oh and sometimes goodness. like the, the qualities, the like raw qualities that they have is like what really like makes it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what, you know, being from Baltimore is, you know, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not just so clean, straight edge. Nah, oh, we're, yeah. we got a little, 
we're kind of crooked, you know, and it's right. beautiful, you know, it's, it's very beautiful. Like, yeah. So where do you see yourself going in the next five years? Like, you know, I know you probably can't predict because it seems like these opportunities just come and fall into your lap, really. But you must have some inclination or goal in mind. I would love to hear about it. Yeah. So I actually have like a five year plan. I want to. Um, oh, wow. And I won't speak too much on it, but, you know, I want to bridge the gap between fashion and, and black music in a more um and a more respectful and and not only respectful but uh, comfortable and 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 honoring and yeah just in a better way you know um, yeah. I've worked a couple of things did a couple of things in the fashion industry so I've experienced what it's like right now from right. musician to work in it not to say that it's bad you know it's cool but you know we can do better we all we all can move forward you know. Every everybody in the whole world, you know, every business in the whole world, everything can move forward. So let's do that. Right. Um, and I just want to be a part of uh, the change in 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 the in you know the fashion and music industry. Yeah. Um, and I hate to even call it that, but not 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 even industry. Fuck the word industry in the fashion and music world. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's not just an industry; it's really a world. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to put more money into musicians' hands via music licensing via. Oh, nice. uh, shoots via video shoots via doing stuff for like fashion you know fashion companies so whether that looks like me having a job in one of these fashion companies and connecting musicians or or whatever if that just looks like me you know extending you know the opportunities that I find out about which I already do um but doing it some more Mm -hmm. um to, to more musicians you know whatever whatever it looks like you know um, I definitely want to do that. That's number one. Uh, number two, I want to change the culture. So something like really weird is that like I've I've collaborated with like four or five museums in like the last two three months. Oh like serious projects at like four or five museums in Baltimore. Yeah. Um. So I've you know, and this is you know, these haven't been the first museums that I've collaborated with or like worked at or like done real big contracts with. You know, I've right. I've already played at the moment PS One. I've already played at lots of different museums. Um you know, outside of Baltimore and New York, you know, and Philly, whatever. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, kind of just like the, the communication culture, um, around like museums, you know, and, and, you know, how they treat black people, you know, how they treat black artists, um, how, how the contracts are, you know, basically worded to have you ass out and have them, you know, ass in, like have them protected, Jeez. but your ass out, yeah. you know? So, you know, I have lots of contracts, you know, that I'm dealing with right now. And it's just like, I'll take however, it'll take however long. Shit, right. it can take 500 years if need be. You're going to respect me, you know? Exactly. Um, so I definitely want to change, even even if I don't do any of these, you know, I mean, I'm gonna do some of them. I've already I've, I've finished some contracts that I have for, for museum collaborations this year. But even if I don't do some of these opportunities for whatever reason, if they're not comfortable, whatever, yeah. yeah, if I can just change the culture so that the next young black dude that's working in a museum with his art that means so much to him is respected. That's all, you know. Like right. I don't even need to fuck these museums, you know, like because I yeah. know where museums are coming from. Museums are coming from from like people that have abused, uh, enslaved people, people that have raped people, people that have took kids, people that have, um, you know, really killed people and took in their art. Like that's that's what the mm-hmm. art in the museum is from. 
you know, right. at, like literally, you know, like, and I'm not talking about these new, you know, modern museums, you know, even though some of those are also have that same funding, but mm-hmm. um, I'm talking more about these museums that are pushing this culture of like slavery, that are pushing this culture of like the things that were stolen and when where, where people like got killed to, you know, and it, it, it's just so much blood that is on this art. So it's like, that's something that I'm also thinking about. Yeah. But it's like, yo, at the same time, it's like, okay, this is money that's here that, you know, somebody can get their art off. Right. Let me change this culture so that more of my friends, more of my family and more of the people coming up under me or, or not even coming up under me, fuck that word, not under, the people that are younger than me can have, you know, these opportunities earlier than me so that they can go right. above me so that they can be above me. They're already above me, but yeah. so they, so that they can get higher above me before they're even my age. You know, right. that's what we want, you know? And how old are you again? I'm 22. I'll be 23 oh, in like two weeks. Wow. Well, happy early birthday. But uh, <laughs> it's so I know you touch on a lot with art, you know, very just broad topic, broad category. And would you say it reflects in music too? Are there African-American musicians out there that you'd say are struggling and just don't um, get the same appreciation as, you know, whites do in terms of the music industry? I'm just curious. I don't know. Yes. If you, I mean, yes. I can, I can see, probably, you know, imagine, but I'm really curious. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there are so many um, examples of that. You can share you know, one. General, just share and, share one with me, or just a broad. Kind yeah, of and it, just an example. Um, or yeah. just this is something that like all black people know. You know, you know, I'm going to have to work. Like, let's say it's you know somebody white that's my same age. You know, so mm-hmm. for whatever, for for my college scholarship that I got, for these gigs that I got to be out here to to get you know uh, you know past the tour, whatever, whatever, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to work two, three, four times harder just because of where I'm coming from and the color of my skin than a white male would that plays trumpet. Like, and I, and I can see it, you know, why I can see it is because I know the counterpart. I know him, you know, that's my same age. I know the person that's shit five years older than me or 10 years older than me. And my plan is better than them, you know, like, (laughs) but they might have the same opportunity that I have. And it's like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but usually what it is, Lots of, you know, I don't even want to just say white people, but yeah, lots of white people and lots of like privileged people, they get validated by a college or university. They've never been validated, you know, outside, you know, in the venue, on the street, in the studio, on the radio, on the, on the real film score, on a campaign, on a whatever, like real things that like actually are like an example of like work, you know? Right. The institution is not work at all, you know, like it's, it's free time to have a net so that you can just learn, you know, learn and meet people or whatever, or whatever you you want to do it for. But, you know, I know I've, I've saw so many people that have went in and not all, you know, I, I love, you know, I love a lot of white people, you know, yeah. um, but I've definitely seen a lot of people that have just kind of like taken advantage of them being validated by the institution. I've seen people that have stayed in the institution all their life. So it was like, yeah, you go to school for 18 or you go to school for 12 years, whatever, um, K through 12. And then you go to college for four years for bachelors. 
then you go to master's for two years and you get another master's for two years and you get your fucking PhD for four years and you get something Jeez. up then you get your artist diploma and then you teach at the fucking college. Right. Right. What type of sense does that make when his teacher has never been outside of the institution? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, like so on that's, the road that's like performing. Example. Yeah. It just seems like there's a whole world out there and kind of, I, I feel like, you know, music, it's like, you really have to get the vibes of the, the others to make it more creative. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think so? Do you gauge sort of what, how others um, inspire or really just gravitate towards the music that you create? Um, yeah, I'm inspired by everything. Like, you know, literally I've been hearing the trains in Chicago. I'm, I'm inspired by every vibration on this earth. You know, like yeah. my room is real quiet right now. Um, you know, it's kind of echoey. But yeah, I'm, of course I'm inspired by the people. You know, one yeah. thing that touched my heart this year was one of my first concerts in COVID. And like this woman in her like late 40s told me, I needed that today. She didn't even know that the concert was about that. She didn't even know that she was about to hear me. But even though it came by surprise, she told me that she needed that more than anything else mm -hmm. at that moment. So just yeah. hearing that, you know, like yeah. it, it pushes me forward. So like, yeah, every, everything that's going on around me, that's surrounding me is affecting what I'm putting into the music. Right, right. And so- Last question when we can wrap this up, because I, I know we've had such good conversation. I wish we could continue talking. Oh, yeah, um, it's cool. I'm, yeah, I'm sure, so, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, your story is just yeah. amazing. And I'm learning so much, you know, about your experience as well as just those of the Black community that are going, you know, through this. And so, you know, why Baltimore? I know you touched on this. Baltimore really is, you know, it sounds like it's a, very, a big heartstring, you know, in your life. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a pulse point. It's something that you always, it'll always be a part of you, you um, know, but, you know, why continue to do your craft there, you know, um, and has Baltimore helped you at all in terms of that brand or that name when you're traveling and you're like, I'm from Baltimore? Like, how do people perceive that? Yeah, I mean, First of all, yeah, I'm from here. So I would always, I will always, I have family here. I'll always have like a deep, you know, soul connection to this city, no matter what, because yeah. I was born here, you know? Right. Um, but Baltimore is just such a community driven city. It's a community, you know, like, and it it's not the DMV. It's not, it's not Maryland. You know, it's not right. anything else. It's not the East Coast. Baltimore, it's, it's actually, it's, it's its own thing. Yeah. And everybody in Baltimore, all of the artists, all of the creatives, all of the creators, they all know that. But yeah, it's just it's, it's just such a loving and, and family oriented community. Like I, I have friends that I can really call. Like I have a friend that I can call to come braid my hair, you know, for the low, you know, like I have a friend that I can call to come do my tattoos and chill and we can yeah. have fellowship. And it's just so many skilled people out here yeah. that are amazing, literally the best in the world in my eyes. You yeah. know, and in a lot of other people's eyes. But another thing that I do know is that like Baltimore um, for forever, like Baltimore has always been something that's been talked about on an international level. Right. Um, people have always been looking into Baltimore, whether it be for positive or negative things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we've never been really given a good representation on an international level. Besides, you know what? Yes, we have in a creative sense, in an art sense. Yes, we have. But in the mainstream sense, there definitely has been lots of lots of bad representations of Baltimore. So like people don't really know somebody outside of Maryland, somebody outside of Baltimore wouldn't really know, 
you know, oh, yeah. somebody in another state, somebody in another country, you wouldn't really know. You can't even make a statement about it because it's like, you know, this is so personal. This is so, you know, you know, like everybody knows everybody in Baltimore. That's yeah. something that's like it's it, it's it's very personal. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's cheap rent. It's a it's a cool it's a cool, chill place, you know, so you can really be out here and grind. Yeah. You can like it, it, it. It's this is one of the things that like is is dope. Like I have two two of my friends like have the the best clothing brands out here. One of them is one is one is my friend called Achille. His name his is called Hey a Kilogram, and the other one is called uh, Average Day Job. His name is Aaron. He goes by this slogan: "Always working." And mm. his clothing brand literally represents. You know what? Let's talk about. I'm gonna talk about the other one too. I'm talking about yeah. both of them. Go for it. Because these are two of my best friends. But yeah, um, of course. Aaron, his his clothing brand, average average day job, and his slogan always working represents what Baltimore at the very core level is about. We get up and we go to work. Mm-hmm. Whether that and, and whatever work looks like for you, that could look like you getting up and doing yoga and teaching yoga. That could look like you. Um, that could look like you get, getting up and um working on a trash truck, picking up trash. That could look right. like you uh going to to the store to wash dishes. That could look like you being a culinary chef. That could look like you curating. That could look like you going outside to play outside. Yeah. That could look like you doing anything in the world. You know, that could look like you flying to Dubai. That could look like you flying <laughs> to where wherever. You know, it's all valid. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know too many people in this city that don't wake up every morning and get to the grind Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know? Yeah. So there's just like this whole type of feeling in all of our hearts and souls and our, in our minds of like, yo, this is one thing that we all know. Nobody else is going to get it for us. Right. No one in the world. We can't sit around here and wait. We don't have trust funds. We don't have none of that. We don't have all these opportunities. Oh, here you go. Here, No, every single one of the people that I know and trust in my life from Baltimore and every single one of my friends, every single one of my family members, we get it every day. You know, we go, yeah. it's about that grind. So like, it's amazing that I have a friend that has this crazy, unique and original clothing brand that represents at a core level what Baltimore is about. Not yeah. to say that it's only about grinding, but that is something that that is 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 something that we all take very seriously. Yeah. Right. You know, moving forward, like let's, you know, move forward, being accountable, being responsible, you know, um, not dependent on somebody else. Yeah. You know, we it, this is a city of leaders, you know. And then my other friend's clothing brand also represents what Baltimore is at a very surface level, not a, at a surface level, I'm sorry, at a very core level, hey, a kilogram, you know? So his 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 brand is called, hey, I don't think I have, I think I do have a shirt. Um, oh, yeah. A shirt right now. Um, you probably can't even see it because it's like red on red. Yeah, no, I can sort of see it. Yeah. Wow. Um, but this what is just like, you know, on one of his shirts, but his, his thing is called, it's called, Hey, you know? So it's like, he also sometimes puts it in like, uh, in Japanese. Like sometimes he writes it out in Japanese on the, oh, on the hoodies wow. or whatever. But, um, every time I'm out with his clothes on, I meet somebody new. Wow. Like literally they're like, Oh, don't, Hey, are those Aquila's clothes? Is that Hey a kilogram? Now I know somebody new out in DC. Now I know yeah. somebody new out in New York. Now you know, and people are really wearing his stuff. NBA players, no, you know, it's, it's already it's already at an international level. So these are the people that I hang with. You know, like you know, I, I hang with nothing but hard workers. You know, my best friend right. Troy Long, one of the 
best creators out here in Baltimore. You know, like one of my friends, uh, Randy, you know, with an eye, one of the best singers out here in Baltimore. Um, you know, I, I literally hang with nothing, but even, even on a visual tip, you know, my great friend, Ash, Ashton Wilson, one of the best videographers, one of my other great friends, Shan Wallace, one of the best photographers. I have, um, so many friends, really family, you know, that, that their level of work is right here. Right. Always. When they get up, their level of work is right here. So they're putting in their intentions. They're proactive in everything, you know, like that. So it's just, you know, it's just, yo, my my work has to be at least right there, you know? And that's just a standard for myself, you know? Yeah. Not to say that, oh, just because everybody is doing this, uh, I need to be doing this or whatever. No, because it could, my stuff could be right here or right here too. You know, I'm going to honor right. wherever I'm actually at and I'm not going to try to be, you know, doing too many crazy things, but I'm just talking about like the intention and proactivity that comes behind these people having these amazing opportunities that they have, right. you know, like, let's talk about that. Fuck the opportunity. Any opportunity that I don't get today, I'll get tomorrow. I'll get next yeah. month. I'll get next year. Soon as a door closes, another one opens. Like, that's yeah. just a fact. That's a fact. It's unlimited resources and opportunities out here. That's amazing. Once they run out, I'll make my own. I'm already making my own, you know? So it's unlimited. Good for you. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, just like the self-funding, the self-investing, the investing into your friends, investing into your business, the everything, you know, the whole nine. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like a common thing here in Baltimore, you know, and that's why that's why it's blowing up. Not even blowing up. It's already blown up. It's already exploded. Oh, yeah. It's definitely. already fucking exploded. Jeez. Oh, Brandon, thank you and so the, much the, for the, your the time. Really dope thing is, okay, the really dope thing is because we're a community driven city, we don't have to have labels we don't have to depend on labels we don't have to depend on labels to put on musicians we don't have to depend on nobody's funding to make a community event we don't have to depend on nobody's funding to uh make an amazing video that could go all across the world like my friend just did um nia june and kirby kirby griffin they made this uh film called a black woman's country and i actually am a part of the new film that that she's about to put out called a black uh man's country um cadillac paid them thousands and thousands of dollars to use one snippet of that video on their commercial last year you know like this is yeah this is that's regular you know this is not to say that it's nothing this is amazing but you know it's just a standard that like the people that i have around me hold their selves up to you know so it's just like all of this is regular we had yo we're whatever we need what we need five thousand to make something happen to make this festival or whatever let's get it yeah let's get it we're a community we're a family what would somebody need a uh some money what does somebody need some money because you know they got an accident or whatever yeah yo we fund people you know like we're 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 a community city we're we're community driven you know um wow yeah that's amazing. I love hearing that. I love that you support your community and you continue to support your family. And I mean, it's not just your friends, you call them family. And I would love to share um, their businesses and their craft with everybody. So if you wouldn't mind sharing those links with me, I would love to promote yeah, that through my yeah. website and stuff because I'm all about introducing folks to new things. Um, cause I've honestly mm-hmm. never heard of these individuals, but they sound amazing and I can't wait to look into them more. And, yeah. you know, how can we continue to give back, um, in ways of supporting the Baltimore community, um, the African-Americans in that city, um, that are creatives and want to keep growing? Like, is there an organization that is? Yeah. Yeah. There? there, there are many organizations. Honestly, I can give you a list after this, yeah. but, um, 
yeah, it's, it's lots of organizations, lots of non-for-profits that you can donate to, but also off the community tip, you know, buy something from one of these Black-owned brands, right. you know? It, buy something from a local artist. Buy something from, you know, go to a show. Buy a ticket. Right. You know, even if you can't go, still buy a ticket. You know, lots of the stuff is is live and live stream, so you can still right. watch it from your computer sometimes. But, um, yeah, you know, like, uh, advocate. Advocate for us, you know? Oh, like, yeah. uh, um, and then also be, uh, you know, in general, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to whoever's listening to this, but, you know, respect us. Respect Baltimore. We are not the DMV. We are not Maryland. Baltimore actually stands alone. Yeah, this is a state within Maryland. But honestly, Baltimore is, you know, we've had to do too much alone. And we never closed ourselves off to the rest of the world. The rest of the world closed themselves off to us, you know, and looked at us like we were, you know, some hoodlums and looked at us like we were robbers or something. No, like it's nothing but love here. So, yeah, you know, Baltimore is already all over the world everywhere you you name any country and they're already there like crazy thing like when i went on you know a couple when i when i did that small tour with uh solange you know as soon as i got out there i met her manager and she was from baltimore no now way. we like now we're like that like, like yeah. that and she doesn't yeah. even you know do that anymore but yeah like it's um you know there's a lot of guardian angels out there you know baltimore is all over the world so you know if you're listening to this and you're not from Baltimore, just know that it, it is somebody from Baltimore where you're from, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just want to be, um, we want to be respected. A lot of times on social media, a lot of times on newspapers, a lot of times on the actual news, people talk about us like we're shit, even in major movies, you know, even in, even in lots of stuff, lots of stuff is depicted the wrong way. A lot of times we're not paid, you know, when our city's, you know, being used, when our you know, bats are being used, you know, um, for the, for the, for the profit, you know? So yeah, uh, I, I definitely have lots of like black owned, um, businesses and organizations that anybody who's listening to this can support, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I also, I, I'm like a, a big advocate for all of my friends. So I post all of my friends on social media and stuff. So if you, if you follow me, my name is Brandon Woody on social media and um, I'll definitely, you know, send you any Baltimore stuff that needs to be sent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandon, for your time. It was so great to learn more about you. I can't wait to listen to this album when it comes out. I know slowly but surely you're working on it and uh, just keeping an eye on what you're going to be doing in the future. So thank you so much for being on this podcast and for your time. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Makers of the USA Maryland series. And thank you to Brandon for being on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Brandon, I will link his website and social media handles in the notes section of the podcast. Also, please follow the Makers of the USA on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to see visuals of these wonderful makers that are part of the series. If you have enjoyed this podcast series thus far, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Thank you all again and stay safe and healthy.